Hi, everyone, and thanks for joining our new episode uh, to the Digital Nomad Mom podcast. Today, um, we are talking about everything remote work with Dennis Hiller. And like usual in the show, we try to debunk the notion that the digital nomadism and this lifestyle is only for people um, who don't have families or for uh, the very smart tech guys or... Um, yes, so we try to uh, shed some light on options for for you guys who are listening today in uh, respect to what alternatives are out there and perhaps if you can start this life uh, lifestyle too. So today, like I said, I'm joined by Dennis Hiller and he's the co-founder and label manager of No Face Records. It's a popular electronic music record label and their team is fully remote with team members divided between the US, Dominican Republic, Europe and Asia. Previously, Dennis was a tech entrepreneur founding two successful tech companies before turning his attention to the music business. So thanks Dennis for joining me today and welcome to the show. Um, very glad that you found the time and I think I hand over to you. I would like to hear a little bit about yourself, if you can just introduce yourself again to the audience and tell us a little bit about you. Thanks. Sure, Julia. And just wanted to say thanks again for having me on the Digital Nomad Mom uh, podcast. And I love that intro about, you know, you don't have to be a tech person to be sort of location free, remote and everything else. And I think that's amazing. Uh, I'll give you a very quick intro. So I, th I think you covered most of it. I uh, am the co-founder of an electronic music record label and we are uh, really worldwide from the standpoint of our, the music we sign is literally on the world. So we have artists ranging from India, US, Germany, South Africa. I could go on and on and on. Almost every country in the world and our team is remote. So I divide my time between here in the beautiful Dominican Republic and Miami, which is only a two hour flight away. We have a team in the Dominican, team in the, in the US. We have people who really just change locations all the time. We started the company that way and we intend to keep it that way because frankly, who wants a boss hanging over their shoulder all the time? You know what I mean? <laughs> that is true. And that is already one aspect of remote work. I mean, uh, you decided to go fully remote with your company and, um, I, I guess this is one reason also for you, uh, perhaps because you previously, before you founded this company, you were an online entrepreneur yourself. And uh, tell us a little bit about this and uh, the motivation to uh, go fully remote with this company. Yeah, so, uh, you know, my background before the music, I've been in the music industry now for 10 years. And before that, I did have a tech background being the first employee at a tech startup and then co-founding a tech startup. And then at a certain point, uh, you know, I was just more interested in music than than tech, even though there there is some overlap. And the motivation for uh, No Face Records is, is that uh, we just didn't feel like a record label like this existed and this is the record label that we wish existed when we were getting into the music industry and what I mean by that is a record label that 
focuses on new artists. A lot of labels only want to work with bigger folks or they want to see a certain social following, et cetera, et cetera. And we said, we don't care about that. We don't care if you're living with your mother or you're the biggest superstar in the world, we'll judge you exactly the same way. You know, when you send us your demos to demos at nofacerecords.com, we just listen to the music and judge it. And beyond that, we really focus on online education. So, uh, you know, we have over uh, almost 200 students working with uh, what we call the No Face Academy, which is teaching the business of music and music production. Other than that, on our Instagram and all over the place, uh, you know, we have a content team that's just putting out content. Because if you think about it, when you make when you make music, when you send a song to a record label, whether it's us or the many other great labels out there, that's the end of a creative process, Julia. So you've been working on your music for a, a week, a month, maybe even a year, and then you send it. But what happens before? In other words, who's going to be there to teach you about the process of making music, music theory, all these other great things? And who's going to explain to you how a contract works, what's in there, etc.? And we thought, you know what, we're at a point where we've done this. We've been around the world. My business partner and I, he's a DJ producer, international level, all that. And so we thought, you know, we want to create something that really is for new people and to bring them into the music industry. We don't sign long-term deals. So we literally sign your song and adios. And, uh, you know, a lot of other bigger labels pay attention and we're happy to be your gateway into uh, this wonderful business. And we've worked with a lot of artists doing that and we're happy having that role. Okay, yeah, that sounds fantastic. And uh, yeah, I, I really like the idea. Uh, I'm sure this is becoming really popular. I mean, it's already popular. And um, let's hear a little bit more about your um, work routine with your remote team. When you say you're sprinkled all over the world. So how do you do this um, on a daily basis? Do you uh, meet on Zoom or do you have Slack or what, what tools do you use to actually connect with your team? You know, that's a, that's a great question. So we, uh, you, our team is all over. So for example, uh, we have two PR folks. One of them, Christopher, is based in New York City. Uh, you know, we have a person in Lithuania, so on and so on. It really spread out all over the world. Um, part of it is we don't do a lot of oversight, oddly enough. Like when I used to work in tech, we did a lot more project this, do that, blah, blah, blah. And I think a lot of it came down to, your, you know, the, we, there's a lot of management and overseeing and pushing people. The music industry is so hard to get into. I really mean that. The, no, you will not find a music company that has a recruiting department because there's just too many people who love entertainment. And so there's more candidates and there are job openings. And so for that reason, we don't do too much oversight. We have literally a company meeting or two on Zoom, uh, probably once every two weeks, maximum once a week, very short. We keep it 20, 30 minutes. Everybody just go over, okay, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And other than that, there are occasional check-ins, but most of what we're doing is really focusing on the community. And what I mean by that is we have an Instagram with uh, almost 40,000 electronic producers, artists, and listeners. And, you know, we have a Discord chat server with 1,300 folks and, you know, they're creating music there and doing all these other wonderful things. And so a lot of what we're doing is we're busy creating content for these folks, interacting, customer service, etc. And so there's occasional check-ins, but I feel like we have our roles pretty well divided. 
okay? So for example, our A&R department, which is three people, they're listening to music all day. We're getting, if you can believe it, anywhere from 50 to 200 songs sent to us every single day. And somebody wow. needs to go through that music. And um, so they're doing that. And, you know, and then we have a PR and marketing department. And then, you know, uh, uh, I'm, I'm doing the label management, sort of overseeing the ship. And then we have other pieces, legal, et cetera. But surprisingly, we, other than a few check-ins here and there, Skyping a little bit, uh, uh, it, the machine just kind of keeps rolling. And I really attribute that to the fact that many of our, our team members are artists who started as artists on the label and really then just sort of became a part of the team. Yeah. And that we, we have a shared vision of elevating the next generation of electronic artists. And, and other than that, we do have certain tools. So we have Zoom, uh, you know, we have Skype, we have Discord. If anyone hasn't used Discord before, such an incredible social network and chat tool and everything. And we do have a number of things, but we really keep it basic and are kind of allergic to long meetings. So <laughs> yeah, they're time consuming. And most of the time they're Fair. pointless anyways. <laughs> Tell uh, me about it. <laughs> but uh, so you tapped a little bit into it. Um, but if you can explain a little more, uh, how do you uh, select the people who work with you? I mean, if they have a background in the music industry, obviously, uh, they're a good fit. But uh, would you say that someone who, was, who just wants to start out now, uh, starting to become a remote worker, um, yes. would they be uh, considered at all? Or <laughs> Okay, let me tell you. I, wa I want to talk about opportunities in this company, but mm -hmm. also the music industry is so much bigger than us. You know what I mean? And I, and I want to give people some real ways to work remotely in the music industry because you can do it. You can work in other industries, but if music is your thing and you've always wanted to do it, there is a lot of need for that. So with our company, here's how we do it. It's very simple. We put out, we don't use any job boards, any of that. We love our community. And so whenever we have an opening, whether it's a full-time position, a freelance position, whatever it is that's needed, we simply put it out in the universe. We make a quick post and we say, everybody, here's what we're looking for. And you know, we've been able to find people who have music backgrounds, who don't have music backgrounds, uh, who are simply lovers of music and have really strong skill sets, accounting, whatever the case may be. And that's worked really well. And we don't care where you are, okay? So so our graphics and video editors happen to be in India. You know, we have somebody else in Lithuania. We have somebody else in Paris, France. That is irrelevant. Like, I, I, I couldn't tell you how, even before Corona, it was like this. Corona obviously changes it for the whole world. But yeah. I, I've, I've, never, I've never asked one of my team members, like, hey, are you sure you want to stay in Morocco and not go here? I mean... <laughs> the world's your oyster and we really believe in adventure and fun and you know like i'll get it. so so anyway so with us it's very simple we announce things as they're available you can also um you know, DM us on Instagram, email us, go to nofacerecords.com, all, all this. And, you know, we're very approachable and, 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 and are always looking for interesting people. Uh, beyond that, uh, I would say uh, for the music business in general, there are a number of things you can do. So first of all, if you have a specific skill set, okay, like let's say you're a really good accountant or you're a PR person or you're a digital marketer or you're any number of these other positions that apply to so many other industries out there, you can literally build your own freelancing business doing that and, and, and approaching people and saying, hey, listen, I notice you guys are doing 
a good job at this. You might need a little help with that. Here's what I do, blah, 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 blah. And you can literally build a business around that. So for example, I have friends who, we have an in-house uh, public relations team at No Face, but for example, a lot of other labels and artists and so on, they don't do that. They rely on freelancers and people who do that for a living. Well, those people are all around the world. And I've seen people do that. I've seen people become what's called a booking agent. Like uh, Julia, if I'm not mistaken, you're in uh, Asia at the moment, right? Yeah, we're in Thailand at the moment, yeah. Thailand, there you go, Thailand. <laughs> full of parties, Thailand, Bali, all this full of parties. Something, something that, it, like for example, if you're the kind of person who likes to, um, uh, is, is a really good middle, middle person, a very good middleman and likes to be between two sides, I'll give you a perfect example. Reach out to different uh, concert venues or, or nightlife venues and, and say, hey, uh, uh, I noticed you're booking these kind of people. If I could bring you more talent, this is obviously for a go-getter, not everybody wants to start their own business, but let's say you do. And so you reach out to, clubs in Bangkok, uh, some of those other cities in Thailand, Manila, etc. You take all of Southeast Asia and you start reaching out to folks and you say, hey, listen, because uh, Asia is sort of the south, uh, uh, the wild west of uh, bookings, artist bookings. And you say, look, if I could bring you really great talent, would you do this? And, and would you give me a chance to book some of your nights? And some of them will say, sure, we'll give you a chance. Who have you got? And you say, one sec. Then you reach out to a bunch of artists. You, you, you look at different artists, whether electronic music, music or other forms of entertainment and you say hey listen uh southeast asia you know we have we have some opportunities for you can you tell me roughly what we can book you for blah 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 and you start playing this middle person and guess what there's 10%. Every, every artist who is touring around the world normally, uh, uh, there's, their booking agent makes 10%. And then, and then other than that, like I said, there's freelance. I'm sorry, I hope I'm not rambling. There's, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of, especially with Corona, but even before then, there's a lot of full-time positions. If you literally Google, you know, uh, 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 music industry, remote work, etc., there's a lot of opportunities in this space. Mm, okay yeah that's uh, great advice i, I like that <laughs> perfect and um if you before you uh had this company and you were an um online entrepreneur um tell me a little bit how you decided to do your own thing and especially to do it online instead of going to an office and uh work your nine to five like everyone else is doing excellent question i was always a really okay like i was always a really bad student to begin with i uh, uh, intellectually curious awful at sort of rigid schedules and 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 being forced to learn certain things and i made a really bad employee i think that's why i got into entrepreneurship i was just a really bad employee i was fired from so many different jobs you know what i mean and so finally i thought look i i, I just have to work for myself because this, this isn't going to work otherwise so uh, when I was in tech, I was definitely not, uh, I was very much fixed to an office in, in uh, Silicon Valley. Um, and, uh, but, you know, I did have an international background. So I was born in Ukraine and, you know, speak English and Russian, and then most recently learned Spanish uh, in Latin America. And, uh, you know, then I ended up getting into the music business because, you know, I just felt like tech is I don't know, didn't have enough emotion and feeling and so many other things. And so I kind of switched into music. And I worked at uh, some of the highest levels of the corporate side of the music industry in, in LA, so the epicenter, the number one city, music city in the world from 2010 to 2014. And, uh, you know, I got to see the world, uh, but 
from an airplane in a hotel room. So I'd be in Miami for a couple of days and then go to Ibiza for a couple of days and here and there and Bali and whatever. And, um, uh, but I, I always felt like, you know, these Prague, I always felt like these places are so interesting but I, don't, I didn't feel like I had enough time to really get to know them. When you travel enough, you start to think, well, wouldn't it be interesting to spend a few months here or, or a year or, and really get to know these people, right? And so uh, in 2014, I had a chance to do that. And a friend of mine, a former colleague, um, uh, a Swedish guy um, in Stockholm said, we had, we had some ideas for business. And he said, listen, why don't you come over to Stockholm? And I thought, well, why don't I? And uh, so I left, sort of uprooted my life in LA and I'd never really been out of the US other than that initial immigration when I was a kid with the family. And uh, so I, I came to uh, Sweden and spent a year in Sweden developing uh, an artist management company uh, with my former business partner, Oscar. And then we started working with uh, freelancers in uh, the Philippines, in Manila, Philippines. And next thing you know, I was on a plane to Manila and I ended up spending, opening an office and spending some time in Manila and then came back to, uh, um, and then I came back to uh, the U.S. In, in 2016 and worked a little bit for Silicon Valley and in, in Silicon Valley. And I, I just didn't feel like uh, uh, the travel bug was over. And I felt like I spent so many years working for money, but I thought, you know, I, and, and I had a little flexibility in turn, and, and I thought, you know what, I want to spend some time uh, working uh, to learn something rather than to make a profit. So I went down to Mexico City where a friend of mine, she was living at the time, and I spent six months just doing hardcore Spanish immersion, okay? So I was learning Spanish eight hours a day, just uh, schooling, the whole thing. <laughs> oh, puede hablar español también, que bueno. Uh, <laughs> Me alegro. So anyway, so I did that and then uh, and then and then after doing all that um, and, and in between, I should say one other thing. So obviously as a digital nomad, so I, I, I you know, after many years around the world and all this, I just kind of had the bug and, and, and wanted to travel and live tropical lifestyle and all this other stuff. But at the end of the day, there is one other thing I should tell you, which is uh, I started investing in real estate at a certain point. Okay. So I started buying little properties here and there, uh, turning them into Airbnbs and all this. And it was sort of a hedge against entrepreneurship because I thought, you know, with entrepreneurship, it's always up and down, up and down. And I thought I want something to be stable so I can sleep at night. So I started buying, uh, you know, investing in little properties. And a lot of people, especially in the US and Europe, think if you invest in property, you need to spend hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. But that's really not true. Like if you look at this city, I'm in uh, a Cabarete, uh, Dominican Republic, where I am, it's a kite surfing town, like a small beach town. You can you can buy a, you know, a property here for $50,000 and rent it out to tourists for 500 bucks a month, give or take. So anyways, and um, I, d I started doing that. And so by the time, and my business partner, Max Vangeli, who spent years and years as an international DJ producer, like he literally lived uh, on an airplane for 10 years and um uh, uh and then we, we we started this and you know we had this idea to give back and open the doors of the music industry to a whole new generation and 
change a lot of things about it and not lock them into long-term deals and some of the other things that I told you. But the thing is, we were both in a place in our lives where I don't want to say we were rich because that's not true. Um, uh, we weren't driving Ferraris or anything like that, but we were comfortable enough where we were no longer, we both had this realization, like, and, and we partnered on a couple of real estate things and, and, and we just realized, oh my gosh, uh, we don't have to work for a paycheck anymore. We just sort of real estated our way out of that just by making smart moves year after year. And uh, um, after having a few years where we spent a ton of money and then we got smart and started investing and anyways and we just realized okay well if you're if you have passive income coming in okay i guess you could sit on a hammock and do nothing or you it's all about lifestyle design and we just thought you know we really want to give back and create the kind of record label and and be the kind of people that we wish were around uh you know when we got into the music industry because it really would have saved us a lot of time and and uh and, and headaches and here we are <laughs> that's so cool such a such a cool story yeah perfect and um can you well tell a little bit i mean now we all know about the um, positives and the advantages of um not being stuck in one place and being uh, having the freedom of moving around obviously but mm -hmm. there are obviously also some obstacles uh what is the biggest oh, let's call them challenges um i like it better this way um what do you think is the, the biggest challenge or the, the biggest challenges when it comes down to living remotely or, or location independently that's that's really great uh I'm, i'm glad you asked that so first of all <laughs> i think when you first do this uh it's a lot of fun so mm -hmm. you're here you're there you're in mexico city you're in new york you're having a great time at some point if you do it long enough you like you have no roots okay or or uh, or certain things that used to be fun become very frustrating like i'll give you an example so a few friends and i we were uh uh in mexico city back in 2017 And we were in Mexico City is such a big place, Julia, that I mean, it's 20 million people. It's a country. Okay, yeah. essentially. And uh, um, we were we were changing apartments every week on Airbnb. Okay. <laughs> to explore the city because we were so busy working. We didn't have time to, or in my case, studying Spanish that we didn't have time to really explore. So we thought, okay, let's just locate ourselves in a different place every week, every week. So I, over six months I've lived in, I don't even know how many places in Mexico city. Okay. Different <laughs> neighborhoods. And it was amazing. And, uh, but at the end of the day, at least what I got out of that is at some point I thought that becomes very frustrating because at a certain point you're like, okay, The curtains are good here, but it's loud, and this is good there, but the neighbors are annoying, and the bed is wrong, and blah, blah, blah. Like, like you get to yeah. the point where you think, and I think a lot of people get to this, and I've heard this, people talk about, like like uh, uh, Andrew Henderson, Nomad Capitalist, talks about this, where you, you just kind of want a home base. Even if you are going to travel, you want a home base, and that's the point I got to, plus you know, I got engaged and everything else. And so, you know, uh, my fiance and I, we are, uh, 
first of all, we have a music studio here in beautiful Punta Cana, um, uh, Dominican Republic. And so our company, if you want to talk about offices, we have a little office in Miami and then a music studio in Punta Cana, Dominican Republic. And so, you know, I divide my time between Miami and here in the Dominican Republic, which is really convenient because it's only a two hour flight and it's very easy to just hop around like that. Mm. Uh, but what I, I think the biggest challenge that you will run into is at a certain point, you might miss friends, you might miss having a stable home or whatever it is, whatever the case may be. And so the way that I solved that problem is simply by no longer hopping around the world. In other words, I did that. It was awesome. And now it's more about uh, being between a couple locations and also traveling more with purpose than for the heck of it. Cause you know, you know what I mean? When you travel enough at certain, certain point, that mentality, yeah. I, I feel like changes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I've been living this lifestyle since 2011 and I also came to that point where I felt like, Oh, uh, now it's simply enough. I, I, I've, I, I haven't seen the whole world. Oh God. I mean, uh, there's still so many places I haven't been, but I've seen quite a few and um it's just the fact that you yeah it's uh it's exhausting and it also like you say you come to a new place and say oh there's another nice building uh or right. temple or whatever there there is a waterfall and uh there's only so much you can absorb and and digest and then um i guess we humans we are always a little bit um we're not good in taking routines so even if traveling sounds fun when it because it, i think traveling sounds fun because it isn't a routine for most people and then when you when it becomes your lifestyle it becomes a routine and then it kind of becomes normal and yeah i don't want to talk negatively about it but only that people become aware of the fact that also with this lifestyle you have to really focus on um, what is it that makes you happy and um, then bring that into your life in the, in the current lifestyle with you. And yes, uh, we also, we got to the point where we say we want to choose three or four locations or maybe only two or three locations around the world that we can call our homes so that we have some home bases and, um, and then we just escape the winter because we don't like the cold and um, move from, from these, uh, in between these um, destinations. Because other than that, it's, um, yeah, we've done the, the, the travel thing. And so, yeah. So like, what, are your, uh, what are your destinations? Where do you hop around? Between? Well, we haven't uh, finally decided yet because only when our mm. second child was born last year, uh, we, it, it, Came, become, became more and more uh, urgent and, and, or not urgent, but we, we talked about it more frequently that uh, now we need to change something. Before that, we were totally fine and we were saying, oh, how about exploring X, Y, Z? And uh, we went to, you know, the Canary Islands. And uh, I mean, we explored many parts in Asia and, and uh, Central and South America, North America. And uh, this was all fun and all good, even as a family. But now um, I, we really became fond of, uh, have become fond of Thailand since we've been stuck here on Koh Phangan, a beautiful island in the south um, since January because of COVID-19. And uh, this kind of feels already like home. I mean, we've been here for almost seven months and uh, this is a long time for us. Usually we, we travel every two or three months. 
And uh, so this is definitely one place that we consider now to come back to every, you know, every now and then. And then some some parts in, in Europe, um, like my second son was born on La Palma, the one of the Canary Islands, which is really beautiful too. And then I fell in love with Hawaii, but it's so hard as a non-US mm. citizen to get there and to actually, you know, frequently enter the US. So especially now these days. Um, so yeah, we haven't really figured it out. Costa Rica would also be one of the places that I could call home. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, yeah, I'm looking at the time. I mean, it's always so when when I have a guest that is so interesting like you, um, then time flies. Uh, but unfortunately, I only have time for one last question, Dennis. Um, can you tell us a little bit about uh, your future plans now? Uh, it seems like you're, you've reached the top and you've had it all. And what comes next? Is <laughs> there anything else? <laughs> I think I think two things. Let's let's explore that from the point of view of digital nomading and just from a life point of view. I think from just a personal point of view, it's 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 a lot of giving back because I think there is so much to. I, I think we can all give back. So, like like I'll give you it, it, and and as far as digital nomading, what intrigues me more than if if before now that I have kind of found my home bases, I think. Um, it's it's building things that really intrigues me. So I'll give you an example. Just like you and your family uh, uh, are, are over there in 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 that island in in Thailand. Uh, so 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 we we did the same thing, except it's in this uh, kite surfing town uh, in the north of the Dominican Republic, Cabarete. And uh, uh, what my fiance and I realized being, being over here is that there's all these people from the US and Europe uh, and all around the world who are coming here because it's, you know, if you're kite surfing, it's here, or maybe 10 other places in the world, that's it. Mm -hmm. And uh, we realized there's no infrastructure for uh, digital nomading. So we're in the process of opening the very first co-working space here. And I think okay. that'll be our legacy to this town. And we love this town. Uh, also in Punta Cana, where as I mentioned, uh, uh, or specifically in the in the um, uh, community of Cup Cana, we have a... Um, uh, something we're doing next summer, which is um, uh, we're doing a music production crash course in the entire month of July. And we're having our community of students, you know, as I mentioned, we have our No Face Academy students and we have a community of uh, almost 40,000 electronic producers and artists. And so we said, everybody, aren't you? Uh, come over to Punta Cana for the summer, whether you can do a week or four weeks and we'll teach you the crowded. business of music. What's that? That's gonna be crowded if everyone shows They up. are so excited, especially the Brits and people from Brazil. It's gonna be like this international, it's gonna be great. We, we have people from Kazakhstan coming, they're so excited. And and so that's gonna be a blast. So I, I think what's next for me is just doing more in Miami and the Dominican Republic. And you know, there's certain conferences as a company that we go to, which it'll be fun to you know uh, bring our team together as usual in Amsterdam for Amsterdam dance event, Miami Music Week. And other than that, just building and building this, this community because, you know, when you say, look, uh, I only want to bring the 10 biggest artists in the world. Well, that's your people and you're doing deals. Whereas we go way down the pyramid and we say, listen, 
Mm-hmm. If we've worked with some big people, but otherwise my passion is new people, you know, because that's where the creative energy is and so much more. And I think all, all we're trying to do is tell everybody, look, if you don't know how to get into this thing, just, just, just join, join us. And whether you're ready to be signed to a label or you simply want to participate and do this as a hobby and meet other people from around the world, we're here and we're going to have a blast because we love this. Okay, this is so so cool. Such a good idea, and I think and I hope. I mean, I'm gonna follow your journey, obviously, and uh, I hope this is gonna Thank be you. a successful event. It sounds like it already. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, well, thanks again for being on the show. It was very interesting, and I I wish I had more time to talk to you. Maybe we do a second round one days, one day soon. Um, yeah. Uh, if people want to reach out, uh, I think they can do that over your label, but tell them again where they can find you. Yes. So first of all, if you want to send us demos, very simple. We have a demo drop on nofacerecords.com. So if you've made an electronic music song and you want to send it to our team, we will listen. And we're one of the few labels in the world that actually gets back to you. Most labels don't. We get back to you and tell you why or why not. And it's a ton of work. It's so much work, but we're happy to do it. Nofacerecords.com. Other than that, you know, we have a bunch of socials, but it's all on the site Instagram. Instagram, what YouTube, whatever you want, Spotify, but nofacerecords.com. That's it. Reach out, say hi, DM, whatever. We are, I promise you, the most accessible label you've ever seen in your life. Perfect. Thanks so much, Dennis. Thanks for taking your Thank time. Thank you again, Julia. Thanks for sharing all your insights. And yeah, thanks for listening, guys. If you have any questions and comments, please drop them below and like this video or um, yeah, make sure to be on the show next time when we're live again. And so Take care, everyone. Have a good day.